Welcome to Being a Successful Leader with Carl Welty. Carl is a leadership pioneer with years of challenging leadership and consulting experience. Here's Carl with some valuable insights, practical and proven methods for being a successful leader. Greetings, everybody. Carl Welty here, your host for the uh, podcast series, uh, Being a Successful Leader. Uh, we uh, air a, a, a new episode every every week. And they run from 15 minutes to a half hour all around uh, uh, leadership and being a successful leadership. Um, we're at, oh, I don't know, about 30, 35 or more episodes thus far. And the whole series revolves around my three uh, leadership imperatives. Uh, number one imperative for me is being a self-aware and, and skillful leader. Uh, it all starts with you, you as a leader. And, and then, uh, going out there and getting a sound strategy, uh, ca- uh, constructing a sound strategy that both the intent, why you, you, you exist, your organization and so forth, and what you stand for. And then the other part is, uh, the, uh, direction, your, your vision and strategies and actions. And then you need people to rally around that sound strategy and, that's my third imperative, which is building a culture of commitment. So again, the three are uh, being a self-aware and skillful leader. And the second then is the uh, building a sound strategy and living it. And then the third is uh, uh, constructing and maintaining a culture of commitment. Um, I also have a, a, a book for each of these three imperatives. You can find the, the books on my website, wealthy.com. Scroll over to Leadership Resources, click on Books, and then you'll see the three described there. And then you can go ahead and order from either uh, either of the uh, uh, the resources there, the publisher or, or Barnes & Noble or, or Amazon. Also, I should say that uh, the podcast, the previous podcast, you can capture all of them on uh, the uh, sponsor the uh, that, that, that produces these podcasts. Uh, podcast for us uh uh the uh great web excuse me webtalkradio.net wow webtalkradio.net uh, that's where you can capture them and go there uh and at their website and then you can uh, click on channels and then scroll down to uh leadership in the workplace and you can then look for my icon there successful leadership and you can see all the past episodes and just click on any of those that you want to uh, uh, listen to again or for the first time. Our topic today is the art of delegating. We're, we're uh, in the middle of a, a, a wrapping up, I should say, a four-part series, uh, mini-series within the series, a, a mega-series, if you will, uh, within the series uh, around the leader, you as a leader manager and uh, interacting with uh, your associates. Um, the, the, this was the fourth of four. The first was uh, what I call uh, the um, uh, approaches to managing. And just kind of a general overview approaches to managing. I have four of them. Uh, the first is uh, you as a doer uh, technician or anybody's a doer technician. And that's appropriate. All of these are appropriate given the situational variables that may dictate it. Uh, and then you go from uh, that, not any better, but progressing, letting go a little bit. And then you're c- conductor. You're not as much hands on, but you're conducting. 
and it's pretty much still all in charge and making most of the decisions. And then from there, we go to coach, which is quite a transition from conductor to coach. And we talked about that in that early episode. Catch that if you haven't gotten to it. And the last one is working leader, which is really being more leader than manager, uh, managing around the, the, uh, the uh, organization uh, or the context and not inside your organization, blocking and tackling, leading the way and strategy and that sort of thing. So that's the first of four. Then we went to uh, more of the interaction with you as a leader manager and your associates. And I call that the, uh, uh, the uh, different uh, options, the different leader manager decision-making options you have to your associates. And again, kind of going left to right in our hypothetical uh, line here. Uh, the first is uh, of the three is uh, uh, the uh, directive. Uh, calling the shots, uh, you're meeting with your folks, but you mainly make the decision uh, or this individual. And then you go to collaborative, which is really the uh, interactive, the, the shared decision-making mode. And then the final one is delegative, where you uh, delegate uh, all or part of the solution or the, or the plan to your associate or associates. So you have the directive, and then you have the collaborative, and then you have the delegative. And then uh, a nice little simple model for you we talked about is that then you need to consider the uh, maturity level or the developmental level of your associate or associates you're working with. And that's defined as their combination, their, their competence, and their commitment. And the more mature they are with regard to this decision or this responsibility uh, or task, the more that... Uh, you should be encouraged to back up and allow them more discretion and uh, less control for you, more discretion for them. So that's a a dandy model that you're always assessing. You're diagnosing the maturity level of the follower followers. And then the other thing is that you have to develop the range that allows you to move up and down this spectrum of different uh, leader manager uh, uh, options. Uh, so that was the second. Then we, uh, on the third episode last week, we dived into the uh, collaborative because that's probably the most beneficial for most of you most of the time, the collaborative decision-making mode, where it's a shared decision-making mode. And then we spent a lot of time saying, well, we can subdivide it, the collaborative into two subsets, if you will, the consulting mode and then the consensus mode. And consulting, the main thing I had to say there is that you don't, tap resources. You don't tap your people or any people unless you really mean it. The reason you tap folks is that you think you're going to get a better decision or plan of action, not because, uh, you know, you think it's something to do or some book you read said it's a thing to do. Tap it because you mean it. Uh, It's going to backfire on you otherwise. And you maybe experienced that. I certainly have had, not with me, but I mean with the managers I've had. And then we talk about consensus, uh, and that's to be used sparingly. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, but for the really important decisions, it may meet, may require that time and an effort. And uh, some of the situational variables that you consider with these uh, modes, especially collaborative mode, is the, uh, uh, the importance of the decision, uh, the importance of the People accepting the decisions, people tend to own things they help create, the time uh, and the safety, that's, a, that's an issue. And again, the maturity level of the follower or followers. 
Okay, those are the three. And the fourth and final part of the little mini-series here is uh, to uh, the delegative mode, but talk about the art of delegating. So I want to walk through that with you and uh, and also uh, encourage you to uh, take a look at the book uh, uh, about uh, building commitment. And there's a chapter there on performance coaching, and you'll find a lot of the details that we're going to talk about here, the highlights contained in that uh, particular section of the book. Okay, it's a critical skill, uh, delegating, and uh, it, uh, it's, it, it allows you to gain a lot of trust and gain commitment from people if you go about it right. So we de- I define delegation as uh, entrusting responsibility and authority to others and create accountability for results. Uh, entrust responsibility and authority to others and create accountability for results. Results. And we're talking about delegating either with ongoing responsibilities or roles or time-limited responsibilities, this task, this project, uh, this particular action. So it's both time-limited and ongoing. And it's important to realize that uh, it's uh, what it is not. Delegating is not, should not be, passing the buck, giving up your overall accountability, because you're still accountable, even though others are responsible carrying out the task, refusing to make a decision by assigning it to another, ducking it, and other ways of shirking your personal responsibility. So those are uh, what I, uh, examples of what delegation is not. So for delegation to be truly effective, and this is this is important here, uh, think of it as an investment rather than a way of getting rid of work needs to be results-driven, not activity-driven. So think of it as, a, as an investment worth the time and energy that you want to, uh, if, uh, that, that the investment needs. Now, I want to go through a little checklist with you here. I don't expect to, on this podcast, remember this. Again, consult the book on this because uh, uh, it's all there for you. And I think it's a, a handy checklist to have. You're not going to pull it out each time and so forth, but having gone through it a few times, you'll be able to recall it pretty readily. Now, the the, the degree of rigor that you're going to go through in, in piece of delegation, the thoroughness is going to be dependent upon the complexity of the uh, what you're delegating and the maturity level again, the competence and commitment of the individual or group of individuals of your associates. So the the rigor is is dictated by the complexity of the decision or the delegation and the maturity level of the follower followers. Uh, and again, a great opportunity when you're delegating to uh, get involved in performance coaching and uh, really working together in a high quality way with your associate or associates. Two component parts uh, in the terms of my little checklist here. One is uh, delegating an assignment or a overall area responsibility or a task. One is the intent of the delegation, and then the other is the actual uh, execution of the the, uh, delegation, the intent and the execution. So let's quickly review and again go to the book for remembering the details. Uh, A quality conversation uh, in terms of the intent, you want to assure understanding regarding the whys, the context of the delegation and the whys. And so some of the things you'd want to uh, go over here is the situation. Uh, what is going on? Why is, why this assignment? Why you? Why now? 
what are the given factors, the givens, if you will, the scope and boundaries of the uh, delegation, the the commitments and the uh, the limitations, kind of the preconditions of the delegation, the resources, time, and, and that sort of thing, and who are the key stakeholders and players. Now, that, that, that alone, there's quite a list there, so I don't expect you to remember all that, but the key thing is uh, start with the situation. What are we talking about here? What's the context? And the second of my uh, little uh, two-part uh, piece under intent is the what's. So you got the the whys and then the what's. So what's are the results? What's the objective? What are the desired outcomes? How do we know success when we see it in terms of working through this delegation and the, and the work you're going to do thereafter? And what are our concerns? What do we need to keep on an eye on? Okay, so though first part is the intent is the situation, the context, the whys, and the second part is the what's. And again, the more the simpler the decision and the more mature the uh, associate is regarding the piece of delegation, the quicker you can go through that and just hit the highlights. But if it's new stuff and uh, who you're delegating to is not that mature, r- relevant to the task, uh, then you need to slow down and, and uh, think of that checklist. Okay. So now we go to execution. Uh, here you're going to have a quality conversation uh, regarding the uh, how, how to go about it. And I have a little a scale for you again. Again, in, in the book, you can you can uh, uh, have it right in front of you. But I just want to review it with you now. So different levels, if you will, of authority when you're when you're delegating a task or an assignment or a project. So these are these are the five I had. And uh, as you go down the list, uh, you're giving more discretion again to the associate or associates. The first is investigate. Hey, hey, Sam, would you go out and look into the situation, uh, gather some data and report back to me? I'll, I'll decide what to do. Then we move to what I call recommend. Why don't you look into it and give me your thoughts and on what to do? And then we'll decide uh, just what to do. So investigate, recommend. Then we move to decide and get approval. Uh, please uh, examine this, the issue and decide what you are going to do, but don't take any action till you, we touch bases first, okay? Kind of check in with me first, get my approval. Then we move to act and inform. Decide what you think needs to be done. Do it and let me know how it turned out, okay? And the last is just just do it, okay? Take action. No further contact with me is necessary. So investigate, recommend, decide and get approval, act and inform and act. Gradations, if you will. Uh, allowing more and more discretion as we go down that list to your associate or associates. Uh, again, a handy checklist. Also under execution, besides the level of authority, is the, uh, the my, my uh, second one is assistance needed. Uh, any special training or help is needed for this person you're delegating the task to. Uh, any advice, uh, advanced communication with others. Uh, needed regarding the delegation. Who needs to know? What do they need to know? Uh, how are we going to tell them? And then the third uh, piece under uh, the delegation or the uh, execution would be working together. How are we going to work together regarding this delegation? What is the frequency and kind of interaction that we need? Uh, and again, it depends on the uh, the uh, relevant material level of the associate associates and the length and complexity of the project will dictate the degree to which you need to work together. And the last part is the hows, the performing part, the action plan. Uh, what 
what what are we going to do? Are you going to do? Who's going to do it? When are we going to do it? The resources needed. Typical action planning. And of course, in my book on uh, making and fulfilling your dreams as a leader, there's a whole section on project planning, action planning. So action planning could be really, really fast and so forth, or it could be a big project. And the more uh, advanced the project and the more complex, the more rigor you need in your action plan. So those are some things in terms of the uh, execution, uh, again, uh, the level of authority, the assistance needed, how we're going to work together, and then the hows. Now, an important transition point for you as a leader manager, moving from the what's to the hows, this is an opportunity to really uh, think about uh, letting up on your uh, control and allowing more discretion. Uh, dependent again upon the maturity of follower, even in the what's you, but as we talked about, you could pretty much delegate the whole thing. But uh, on most tasks, you need to slow down and, and get, get, get agreement on the what's. Uh, the, how do you know success when you see it? And then between the what's and the how's, rather than a, uh, just going on, I, I draw a little dotted line, if you will, not a straight line, not a solid line, but a dotted line where it's maybe you, t- Maybe you'd hand the ball off, hand the ball off as you go from the what's to the house to the associate or, or small group of associates you're working with. I say a dot line, not a salt line, because sometimes you may still want to be involved in the house, okay, depending on the situation and the, the type of uh, piece of work you're delegating. So, uh, uh, and then also monitoring and modifying the work in progress. Uh, that's part of the uh, the house. So think of that dotted line between the what's and the how's. It's a handy time to think about uh, maybe uh, allowing a little bit more discretion than you otherwise might might have. Okay, let's move now to uh, monitoring uh, the assignments. Um, this is kind of an interesting, I have a little interesting way of describing this for you. And it's important. Uh, you just don't delegate and well, you could, as I, I mentioned in one of my options, that you could just say, do it or do it for me. But uh, for those that you want to keep posted on your, your delegations, it's important that you pay attention to it. What the boss inspects, the old saying says, the boss expects. What the boss inspects, the boss expects. You know, I, I remember working with early days in my organization life and going with my boss to his boss and he'd give him these assignments and so forth. And my boss would kind of shuck a lot of them. Well, what the heck? I said, aren't you going to do it? He says, well, I don't have time for that. He never checks up on it anyway. That always, (laughs) that always stuck with me. With the boss inspects, the boss expects. So it's important enough to delegate and and really go through the uh, strokes with the person. You got to monitor the thing. So here's a useful practice for you. I use the term gremlins here. Gremlins are projects, assignments. These are your, these are your delegations, your gremlins. And I recommend you keep them. We'll talk more about this when we get to the episode uh, a little ways down the road on uh, one-on-one meetings, really important stuff, one-on-one meetings. And I'll mention it there again. I think it's a great practice to have a manila folder for each of your immediate associates uh, and uh in that folder, one piece of paper could be a gremlin inventory. That's a list of delegations. And you just can make it really simple. You know, uh, the date and the assignment, the review date, progress notes, next actions. You know, just just a list there in pencil. You can cross them out. And, and then a, a great place to review this is in your one-on-one meetings. 
that you have, which I highly recommend. Again, we'll talk about that more down the road. Okay, so you have your gremlin inventory. And what you're going to do with these gremlins, uh, let's say for 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 Mary, you've, she's got five delegations she's working on, and Bob has three or whatever. So you got to have a regular feeding schedule for these gremlins. Again, the one-on-one meeting is great for this. On larger projects, uh, the feeding schedule may be milestone dates where you guys get together uh, and maybe even a small team. Uh, and then I mentioned one-on-one meetings. Now, this is really important. Excuse me. <clears throat> you may need to adjust your gremlin inventory periodically in light of uh, emerging realities. You know, and so you may postpone uh, one gremlin or even shoot one, you know, uh, cross it off. Uh, it seemed important at the time, but now there's too many things going. Realities have changed, so shoot, shoot them. But the important thing here is in feeding your gremlins, uh, either feed them or shoot them. Feed them or shoot them. Don't let them starve to death. Like that old boss of my boss way back when. Feed them or shoot them. What, what you, you expect, you inspect. Okay. Now, a final point here about your uh, gremlin inventory here is uh, be sure to keep the gremlins in the right cage. Keep them in the right cage. And that cage is the, your, your associate or associates you delegated the task or assignment to. Now you're a good person and you try to help and you, you're a good coach and that sort of thing. So once in a while they'll come to you and say, gee, the boss, I'm a little difficult to hear. I need your help. I know you're, you're really up on this sort of thing. And you know, you're a nice, you're, you're coaching and you're, you're that sort of thing. And that's great. And uh, we, if you, if you don't put them back in their cage, we'll label that upward delegation. All of a sudden you have this gremlin and sometimes it gets frustrating because I can't move. Your subordinate can't move because uh, you've got the gremlin. I can't do anything until he decides, you know. I've been waiting for weeks. Okay, so be careful of that upward delegation. Work with the people. Be a good coach. They want your help and advice. Give it to them and maybe even do a little bit of work on it. Maybe even take some things back a little bit, but put it back in the right cage. Okay, kind of a clever, I like that, uh, way to think about monitoring assignments. All right, so some handy things, I think, uh, uh, about uh, delegation, what it is. Think of it as an investment, not shunning work or getting rid of work. And then we have the, the checklist, both of the intent, uh, what is what are the results we're trying to achieve here and so forth, and then the execution, how are we going to go about this? And then uh, the uh, idea of uh, uh, moving from what's to how's. And that dotted line in between the two, uh, a good place to maybe hand the ball off, uh, to the, uh, to the subordinate. And then the, the last part here, we went through the, uh, the gremlin inventory, which is a nice way of monitoring assignments. So hopefully there's some real meat in there for you. And again, check out the, I don't mean to keep hyping the book and everything, but I th- I like this because we talk about things and then I have a resource for you to go if you're interested plow into it farther, and also as a continuing uh, resource uh, for you uh, on whatever we happen to be talking about. All right, so check out the uh, th- that uh, section on delegating, the art of delegating in the uh, Building Commitment book uh, on performance coaching. Okay, next week, uh, not part of the four mini-series, we're going to talk a little bit more about rather than person-to-person kind of uh, activity like we've been talking about you and your your associates 
more of a, a couple of, uh, I call them useful administrative mechanisms that you can consider, uh, especially if you're in a smaller organization and or your your uh, area or what have you. And it's not, you, you maybe can use these uh, mechanisms to develop what we call standard practices, how we go about the policy practice and procedure for doing X or doing Y. Talk briefly about that. And then something called a delegation of authority table, where you have a, a you know, medium size or a large organization. Now you can kind of prescribe what the different areas and so forth, what the authority limits are, either in dollars or in scope of authority with the different positions in these organizations. It's a, it's a nice way to providing some uniformity for uh, uh, passing on uh, authorities for the different levels in your organization. So stay tuned for that uh, the next time. In the meantime, you take care of yourself and continue to do good. Take care.